Good morning, Neil here yet again with a continuing series of Who's Who in Santa Cruz. This is episode number five with Amber Williams from Janice. So um, can you just describe right now what Janice, because I want to say something, but can you just tell people what Janice is all about? Thank you, Neil, for having me, of course, by the way. Of course. Um, Janice is a substance use disorder treatment center that has been operating in Santa Cruz since 1976. Right. And was I knew it's been here a long time. Yeah, about 48 years, and was founded by a gentleman by the name of Do Dr. Robert O'Brien, a physician okay. who wanted to help a family member right. for alcoholism at right. the time, 48 years ago. So this is, is this a, does every town have one of these, or does every city have one of these, or is, is, are, we, are we lucky to have Janice? I think that not every town and city has one of these. I think the unique thing that Janice brings to our community here in Santa Cruz is we have everything in the continuum of care. Yeah. From high-risk withdrawal management, someone needing help to come get detox right. for using fentanyl, all the way to someone getting their first time DUI and needing to do a DUI class. Yeah. So everything in the spectrum or continuum of care, we call it, yeah. From a DUI class for a first offender or a wet and reckless right. three-month class right. um, or needing intensive outpatient treatment for methamphetamine, um, medication-assisted treatment, so if they need buprenorphine. Thing work. Yeah, go ahead. Um, we do everything in the continuum. Yeah. So I think that's what's unique about Janice. There are communities that have treatment facilities like residential treatment yeah. or a DUI program. But to have it all in one organization is um, getting, what's getting, unique. She's getting refreshments here, ladies and gentlemen. I know, gentlemen. isn't it amazing? She's getting refreshed. <laughs> this is Christine. She's amazing. She's my executive I'm assistant. Amazing. I'm going to call you AC for short. Amazing Christine. Yes, she's I'm awesome. I'm going to call you AC. She takes good yeah. care of me. <laughs> and really, it's about the people. You know, what's when, that? That is a that looks pumpkin. Like, that looks like, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No, that's a venti pumpkin cream cold brew. Damn. I get half sweet because it's less calories. But, um, yeah, I mean, it really takes people like Christine, like the staff here, to make this thing go. And people that have passion and drive to work mm -hmm. in nonprofit healthcare, and to be on the forefront of trying to help individuals in our community and reduce stigma. I mean, we know stigma is huge. Right. I have a story. Yeah. I'll tell it. You yes, ready? yeah. So I'm thinking how long ago it was. Probably 30 years ago, I got a DUI, right? And here I am. I got to be told I got to come to Janice. I think the judge goes, okay, you got to pay this, and you got to go to Janice. So I came here, and I, have, I came here, and I'm like a cocky kid, you know, cocky. Mm -hmm. Well, you know. What the fuck am I doing here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have no business being here, blah, 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 blah. I'm not one of them. I'm not one of those. And I just looked at the class, one of the classroom areas. I'm like, I was in that room. I just yeah. walked up the stairs and go, I remember that. And, it, and, I, and to this day, her name is Tracy Van Hoyt. Do you know her? I do know her. And she, this, her and I are friends she on recently, Facebook. She recently she, retired. Did she? Well, she lives up in... public health, she, right? I don't... I don't remember what she did, but she does. But she was living, she lives up in the lower Sierras, I think. I forget which, I forget where it was. But to this day, she's friends, her and I are friends on Facebook. 
she kind of like checks up on me That's because great. She, that day when I when I had to go sit with her, she goes, "Well, let me talk to you about." It. And I'm like, she was like, "I'm okay. I gotta go talk to this woman. Okay, I can I can out talk her, right?" <clears throat> no. <laughs> and she uh, she's asked me. She she told me and I was an alcoholic. I'm going bullshit. You know? Like, no, you are. This is why you are. And here it is right here. And I go, no, 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 no. You know what? She was right. Yeah. And to this day, I mean, I'm saying hi, Trace, because I'm saying I am missing this to her. Because she, uh, to this day, she's still kind of like... Checking on you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's what it takes. That's the kind of people it takes to work in this field, to help people change and <laughs> want it, find change for themselves. You're going to want to help people. Yeah. Right? It's, it's hard work. It's not... Some days uh, we joke, you know, when we've had a really hard day around here, which happens. Right. Um, because we're dealing with the human condition. I can't think of any, there have been too many easy days. No, with, you know, they don't really I swore exist. I never came back here. I swore I, when I left here, I'm, I'm not going back, ever going back there. Yeah, it's hard. I, and I'm going, and I didn't until today. Yeah. And I well, recognize it. Thank you, know. you for coming back and doing this. Yeah. So, everyone knows, I don't normally go, go with questions, but uh, this is important. This is very important. So, today... We have questions. <laughs> Got my ribbon. What's my ribbon about? You know, every September, there's a thing called National Recovery Month. Okay. And it's where we get to celebrate our staff, the clients, yep. their successes. Yeah. Um, celebrate how our staff practice healthy self-care, because this work is so hard. And we get to go to the Capitol and work with legislators and educate them about substance use disorder. Okay. It's in September? That's in September every year. And Janice has a lot of activities we do to celebrate okay, National Recovery Month. Question number two. Yes. Question number two is, I don't even know, what the heck, you, how do you get this gig? Okay, I'm going to put it in my own language here. How did you, you're the CEO, right? Yeah, I guess that's what they call me. Which is, <laughs> CEO is like, very important. So what's your background? How did you get to be CEO? Well, I arrived here as a young cocky, like you said, <laughs> lady yeah. who, who needed help. Or you were um, like me? Yeah. Yeah. And I was 17. Wow. And yeah. Living I with mom and dad? Showed up, huh? Living with your parents? My dad. My yeah. mom left yeah. when I was six months old. Um, so I had a single father and two brothers. And um, basically showed up here at 17 needing help. And they didn't treat youth. At the time, mm -mm. so I went to the camp. Yeah, up in Scotts Valley. Uh huh. Yeah. And then came back here. When you were uh, eighteen, or? Yep, and went through our women and children's facility. I have a young son. He's right there. Hello, lad. Um, and he's now a uh, a lineman, like a PG&E lineman. Okay. Um, he's twenty-two, and at the time, uh, I had him and needed some direction and support and went through our perinatal program and did about 10 months of treatment with Janice. And How old were you when you had him? 17. Okay. And I wouldn't leave. I just sat on the couch until Nancy Napoli gave me a job. So instead of you, oh, so you, got, oh, so you were like kind of lazing around on the couch and they gave you a gift. They, 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 I said, I'll do whatever. Take the clients to uh, meetings. I'll file paperwork. Anything. Anything. Right but I'm not going away because I feel safe here. Okay. And so since then, it's been 21 years I've been with the organization. When did you become a leader? Like you can be kind of like... 
probably about six years ago, I became the chief compliance officer, old director of admissions. So I worked downstairs and I did a lot of uh, direct line service as a clinician for many years here, and then moved into admin, had to just pull towards compliance and regulations, and moved into that side. Yeah. Can you tell me how this place operates from, from the, from? From a client perspective? Yeah. So, so how do you get here? I mean, how, how does it how does it work? So what we is, have most recently we um, implemented a thing called open access. I wanted us to act like an urgent care, instead of people having an elusive like wait time or having to make a phone call and schedule an appointment that they may never show up to. We know when someone needs help and they're in a the moment of clarity or they're having a moment of clarity, they need it now, not tomorrow. Not next week, not an appointment 10 days from now. Okay. They need care now. So mm. it's been about a year and a half, and we implemented open access where you can walk in for detox. So we have walk-in daily detox from Tuesday to Friday, uh, 8 to 10 in the morning, and we take the first six clients that show up, and we do that every day until we're full, and we continue to do that. So we know that we can't meet the need now that the community has, but we're growing and expanding so that we can continue well, to meet be, the needs. better than nothing, right? It, it's way better than nothing. You can't house everybody, but you, be, well, you can't treat everybody, but it's better than nothing. Well, and I think it's better than having an appointment that, pe you know, we had a 50, well, we 60% no-show rate. Well, we do that. I mean, I call my doctor and I, my, I call to get my, you know, what do you call it, skin checked. I'm like, well, you can come in February. Yeah. February? It's October. And yeah. ex exactly. What do you call those people? Uh, skin guy. Oh yeah, the dermatologist. Dermatologist. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, we can see you in this, in February. Yeah, and even for us individuals that can manage a calendar and appointments. Yeah. It's we're like, when was that appointment again? So you could imagine the clients that are um, houseless in our community. Yeah to be able to show up for an appointment right. or have a phone right. or get their medications refilled. So I think being able to offer that walk-in care is extremely important. Question number five we've down to. She's got, she's got a lot of questions. <laughs> Question number five. Um, we talked about this a bit before the show started. New projects you can expect to see from Janice is the, is the sobering center downtown, right? We're really excited about it uh, in partnership with the sheriff. Um, right, excuse me. He rebuilt that building there. It burned down um, a few years ago. And then prior to that, during the pandemic, we closed the sobering center. And now we get to bring it back. The sheriff put a beautiful new building there for us. Yeah. I'm extremely grateful for that. And so in partnership with paid the sheriff. For by the, paid for by the state. Paid for by the county, okay. I believe, All right. um, and the sheriff's office. You know that was one of his. That has been one of Jim's biggest um, hurdles. We call it a hurdle. A hurdle, and just one of the things he values the most in the community is getting our officers back on the street to do the community policing that they should be doing. Right. And dealing with substance use disorders, and sitting at the jail waiting to book someone for a drunken public or. Um, under the influence in our community, why? When you can drop them off for us and we can get them the help they need, right. connect them with services. So the Sobering Center is coming to a theater near Santa Cruz okay. um, January 2nd. 
So the people that go there, or the people that come here, do you find the same, it's the same people come through here? Or is it a different, a variety of people that come here? I think if we look at it, there's a variety of people. Okay. When we used to just have this appointment-based system, yeah. it was the same people coming through. But yeah. now, since we've opened it up a lot, you know, we know one in five individuals struggle from some substance use disorder. That is huge amount yeah. of the population. Right. Um, we know that overdose, which we now should be calling poisonings, um, because our children aren't intending to take fentanyl and die, right, right. but they are, yeah. so it's a poisoning, um, has tripled in numbers. So Locally or Locally, nationally, nationally okay. all over the country. Um, the numbers are that's skyrocketing. Sc that's, scary stuff. that's scary. And it's, it's, it's hitting our children. You know, there's no, in high school, we'd go out, go to a party, go have fun. You can't even take something now without the right. risk of dying. Right. So are you? I'm going to interview a gal. I can't think of her name. She lost her kid. He was a surfer. Yeah, took the wrong thing. Mm hmm. Is it? Yeah, it's, um, it's really disheartening right now. And so. That sounds like something that you, got, you can't even fix that. No, we can scratch the surface. Right. Um, and do, you know, prevention. There's great organizations in the community that do prevention work in the, in the high schools. Yeah, but you still, yeah, right. Yeah, so they get to do some of that early work. Um, we do the high-risk side of that work. Right. We do some prevention, but it's mainly DUI program and, and on, residential, withdrawal management, okay. um, care. So going back to the sobering center real quick, yeah. just finish that. You, how many people is that, that, how many people that hold? Uh, uh, There's uh, 10 beds. Okay. And about 30% of the population, 30% based on numbers previously gathered, will be first-time DUI offenders or like wet and reckless. Those individuals roughly stay in care with us for four to six hours. And a family member comes and gets them, right. we enroll them in a DUI right. program, right. and they're off. What's, and the, then, what's the DUI numbers? Are they growing? Are, they, are the people figuring out that you can't drink and drive? They're growing mm. from the results of so many individuals being stuck at home for the pandemic. Yeah. We know that Suicide rates are growing. Yeah. DUI is growing. Right. Use of substances is growing. Right. So um, mental health issues, depression, anxiety right. is growing. We had a DUI show at the we had a DUI show at the boardroom skate shop with my co-host who got, you know, he drank four or five Mai Tais, but we did it we, did, we it was all time, done with CHP, Aaron Ching and you know, Aaron, right? And his force were there. And basically I mean, my friend, got, he got shammered, but he, you know, he just tells you what you can, what you cannot do. Basically, what he, in the end, in, at the end of the, the end of the show, basically, you can have two cores lights, then you're done. Yeah. You can't have anything else. You can, that's about all you can have. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, you're, you're, after that, you're toast. Yeah. So. And now with Uber and Lyft and all right. these taxis, means to get around, what, it doesn't make sense <laughs> to drive. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the sobering center, about 70% will be drunk in publics and under the influence and some walk-ins. Interesting question here. What difference is Janice from other addiction treatment centers? Are there other addiction treatment centers in town? There are. There's Encompass um, Community Services. Yeah. They have residential DUI outpatient. Um, 
and they do some mental health work as well. Okay. And then there's Sobriety Works, which is an outpatient treatment center. All useful. All great services. I think if we were really good here in Santa Cruz, we're small enough that we can collaborate with each do other. you guys collaborate? A lot. Okay. Uh, the future of addiction treatment involved, I mean, how, future of addiction treatment, I mean, this whole thing with poisoning, how do you even tackle that? How, how do I think approaching substance use disorder as a medical condition is our only way out of what's happening right now. Um, for so many years, it's been treated as a uh, social condition, um, and I think the community that isn't directly educated or have family members that suffer substance use disorder look at it as a moral condition or a moral failing. And I think we need to shift our view to this is a medical condition. It is in the DSM-5, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Conditions, and it needs to be treated on that platform, on a medical platform. Okay. Yes, there's social um, interventions that are done, 12-step meetings, um, who's your friend group, how are you staying connected, um, going to therapy. Those are all social interventions um, that, that we use too. But also looking at it from a medical standpoint, that there's medications out there to help support you, um, that there's doctor, you know, getting the medical community on board with seeing it that way will help individuals get help earlier because it reduces stigma. Yeah. We know our clients are already suffering and have their own self-doubt and judgment about care. Yeah. So really, it's about reducing stigma and educating our community. Yeah. Is, it, is our community educated? I think the community is educated. We're smart, but the smart town is a very smart town. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And knowing that, like for Janice. Hey, look at that. I'm question, I'm, I am question number eight. Can you provide examples of success stories or patient testimonials? I just gave one. Yeah, my own personal one. Yeah, there's yeah, and there's so many like that that right? we that we don't even know. One in five. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of people have been through here that I know. Yeah, me it's too. Don't say nothing, but you know, I mean, I've always said it, but I don't care. Yeah. It was thirty something years. Forty-eight years we've been here. Forty-eight in this, years in this spot. So. Right. Okay, we're moving along. Um, apart from me showing up here, you know, with my and $30 microphone and $25 stand. Um, I need one. Uh, <laughs> I try expensive stuff, but I get I just break it. I love it. That's great. Uh, what ways do you engage with the local community and raise awareness about addiction? Is, um, am I it, or do you have? Uh, can you can you keep? The pulse going out there. Yeah, that Janice is here forty-seven, eight years. Yeah, that's what I think. That's where we're at now. Is really trying to get us on that front, like on social media. Having thank you, Neil, for coming. You coming, educating the community here. Um, the news came recently to do a piece on the sobering center. Well, they looked. Were they dressed better than me? I don't know. He had a button-up. That's probably the only difference, I got, I, huh? I, I don't know. <laughs> But he's not from here either. He's not from San Francisco. Oh, he's not. So, that doesn't, that doesn't count. That doesn't here. count. No, he's out. Right. You're from here. Sorry, Jose. Um, so, yeah, I think just starting to get out there and outreach and educate and be in the hospital 
uh, develop a media toolkit. We were a small mom and pop nonprofit, and so we're growing now right. to and be. Who, 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 who pays this whole thing? It who depends. foots the bill for Janice? It depends on so many factors. We have 53 roughly streams of revenue. So it could be oh, anywhere. Oh, so you got, you got like an, octop like an octop octopus with yeah, 53 it, tentacles yeah, out there, Yeah, I right? mean, it could be grants, okay. federal, state, local grants. Okay. It could be Medi-Cal um, or Managed Care Plan, the Alliance. Uh, it could be private insurance companies, okay. commercial payers, Anthem, Aetna, um, or self-pay clients, too, and then donors. So huh. it's a host of funding streams that help Janice Just like grow. It, right? Mm -hmm. So the offers you take, yeah. It depends what it is. If yeah. it's in alignment with our vision, yes. Here's a good question right here. How do you, pri prioritizing the well-being of Janice, the staff you have here, I mean, sometimes you've got to be like, if I was a staff member, I'd be like, I don't want to go to work today. i got these people who are like, holy, they're, they're screwed. They're not doing well. They're not, you know, it's not, it's no, they're not happy. It's, yeah. it's like, are you, is, is the staff member, excuse me, staff member over there, AC over here, <laughs> are you, do they feel like they're swimming upstream the whole time? Or are there some success stories where they go, hey, you know what? Like, we did good here. I, I think that um, we are learning, we have learned over the past 10 years, it's how like, better to take the, care of our staff. Right, and what, yeah, how do you, you're the CEO, how do you keep the morale up of, um, I mean, should you just give them coffee all day long? I mean, we do definitely give them coffee. Yeah. Um, the, so the... <laughs> <laughs> coffee happens, donuts right. happen. Right, don't, okay. Um, we do food, like, downstairs, I think. Do you have those custard-filled ones, those donuts, the custard-filled ones? I'm sure they get them. But they bring boxes of donuts, leave them in the... Where are they at? ...staff lounge downstairs. Okay. I think there's... I, think I, might, the, I might have to go in there for... I think shout-out to Nate, our kitchen all manager, right. who did... I think there's eggs and bacon down there right oh, now to shit. feed the staff. Right. So how but, do you keep the morale up? Well, I mean, we provide them therapy. Yeah. We have therapy's lots... No, therapy's not much fun either. No, but at least they can address what they're seeing in their day-to-day -day work here because it's so challenging and it's hard because you can't talk about it because of confidentiality. Uh, are women more acceptable for therapy than guys are? Well, we know that there's a higher prevalence of um, substance use disorder in men. Okay. Uh, and less in women. We okay. see, you know, we treat more men here than we do women. Okay. Overall, so. Guys, get it together. <laughs> Uh, oh, here's a good one, right? Okay, biggest challenges and opportunities. Let's see, biggest challenges would be the poisoning right now, right? Fentanyl's I think fentanyl the biggest challenge. poisoning is the biggest challenge, and stigma would be my top two. Stigma, okay. Just the people viewing addiction as a moral failing instead of a medical condition is one of the biggest hurdles we're facing in getting being seen as a medical organization. You know how to deal with it? Huh? Do you know how to deal with is it, is it? Is it dealt differently with each individual? I think it's about going around the neighborhood, introducing yourself, um, myself. Our neighbors here have my cell phone numbers, our, our C-suite team's right. numbers. If something comes up or they see a client that, you know, is yeah. <laughs> doing something in their yard, they can call us and yeah. we're available. Yeah. That's a start. Yeah. Educating the community. Yeah. Um, I think stigma is going to take some time, but if we all speak up and talk about it, right? What you doing today? Yeah.
Okay, final question. Da -da -da -da. Drum roll, please. Here we go. Drum roll. Keep rolling. Have a sip of coffee. Okay, Take I'm a on sip. It. It's big right here. Okay, you get one message about Janus and the, and the future of Janus. What, what do you see? What do you see this place being? Yeah, uh, what year are you in right now? Year 48? 47? Year 48. Okay, your 50th year, big celebration, big fireworks, there's going to be a big party. There actually Where, is. The one key message about the future, what, what is it? The key message of the future of Janice is that um, we are hopeful by year 50 to have very beautiful environments in which our patients can heal that are uh, stigma reducing and have <clears throat> empathy. Right. Um, and that we're an organization that treats the human condition. Um, and we're here to help. And please reach out if you want education or need to understand something better. You're welcome to call myself, Amazing Christine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we'll help educate you. Or just walk you. in the front door. Or walk in the front door. Yeah. Reach out, put your hand out there. So your, your goal, your goal, your future goal is actually to have nobody here, empty. No one has. We don't have a problem anymore. That would be amazing. No, you got no. You have no job. That would be amazing. You'd be up on the beach reading a book. I would be fine with that. If 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 that meant substance use disorders was obliterated, absolutely. Okay. I don't see that happening, but I, I would love that. Either. Do you think Angela Chestnut was? She said, "How was this? How was this, this interview? Great. Did she like it? Oh, I think she would love it. Right. Don't you? Thank you. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you. Thank you thank for you your for time. Your, you're welcome. And thank you all your staff and all you do for the community. It's big. Yeah, thank it's you. Really big problems. We have big city problems in a small town. Yep. And right? we're here to big city problems in a small town. I mean, if you're building downtown, like they put more shit up, which means more stuff you have to go deal with. Yeah, more people. More people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do a hell of a job. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Van Hoyt. Thanks Years for ago, having me. Years ago, you were us. right, honey. Yeah, you were right. <laughs>